0: Welcome to the Let's Remember This podcast where we're taking time to slow down, sit down, and spend time in Scripture. So wherever you're at, wherever you're listening, I encourage you grab a pen, grab your Bible, a notebook, and let's not only read Scripture, but let's ask the Holy Spirit to speak and let's remember this. All right, everyone. Good morning. Happy Monday. It is a new week, a new set of scripture, and I'm feeling good this week. I'm feeling ready. It has been rainy in Wisconsin, and I don't know what it is. As much as I love the sunshine, there's been something so soothing about the rain, and so this morning too, it's. the rainy one, um but I felt feels like fall is starting to be in the air, and I definitely i I also hate to be like that person where it's it's always about fall coming and fall coming, but today, I did light a candle as I read my Bible this morning. I have a hard time doing it in the summer, but I love doing it in the cooler months just light a candle and just look at the candle in the dark and just sit in the still and the quiet with the flame and it's just so beautiful there's something about it and then I also did the thing because fall and apples and I made some oatmeal with apples and cinnamon in it and I'm just feeling I'm feeling good on this Monday even though I do still hope we get a few more days of sunshine and warm in Wisconsin before the bitter cold comes but feeling good and feeling ready to dive into scripture with you. So I hope that your morning went well. I hope that you were able to sit down and spend some time in scripture. And I'm excited for us to dive in to this passage. We are talking about where Paul confronts Peter. So some of you already, you hear the word confrontation and you're like, skip I'm going to listen again next week. Um, and others, you're like, yeah, let's go. Let's confront people. Uh, I do feel like we all kind of fall somewhere probably in that spectrum. Maybe some of you, you're like, I don't really have an opinion. But we're going to be reading um, this week from Galatians 2 verses 11 to 16. So there's a lot of going on here in this whole last little section. And at first, I was going to try and squeeze it in. But, you know, I'm like, let's slow it down. Let's go through it. Um, just a few verses at a time. So I just want to invite you wherever you're at today to take a minute, take a deep breath in, a deep breath out, and just invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And as we read the scripture that you would receive what you need to receive, maybe it's going to be something totally different than what I have to say, and that it would be something that you can put into practice and that you can remember. So Holy Spirit, would you speak as we read? Galatians two eleven through 16 But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face, for what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result... Other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy, and even Barnabas was led astray by hypocrisy. When I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the others, Since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions? You and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like the Gentiles. Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we obeyed the law. For no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the truth that is found in these words. And I pray for every ear listening every heart that they would receive the words that you have to speak we thank you holy spirit for speaking us today through your written words through the power of technology and we just ask god that you would soften our hearts transform our hearts and make us more like you we ask this in your name amen so it kind of tells us in these scriptures pretty much exactly what's happening of Paul is confronting Peter because Peter wasn't following the Jewish laws. And then all of a sudden, when he was around some other people, he was afraid of being criticized. And now he was not eating with the Gentiles. And so Paul is taking this pretty seriously. And it says in the verse we're going to focus on just in 11, but when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face. I had to, <laughs> I love the strong language here. He's like, I had to do it. Somebody had to do it. Um, for what he did was very wrong what he did was very wrong. This was not a light issue to Paul. This was not something to be brushed over. He saw it as very wrong. And so he opposed him to his face, not his back, not to other people, but to his face. So we're going to read this week of even how conflict was handled. Um, and, and to say, okay, what was good about this? What was bad about this? Um, He's saying, I opposed him to his faith. So there's some correction that is happening here. Some correction. Now, Peter would have been like a pillar, right, of the faith at this time. And Peter was a very prominent figure. And so this was kind of a big deal that Paul is going to him and is opposing him to his faith. Now, a few things that I felt like the Holy Spirit brought to my attention as I was reading this is Even what are my own reactions? I was trying to pay attention to my own emotions or feelings with this opposing him to his face or this correction or confrontation or whatever you want to call it here. And I want to invite you to even do the same today. Like when you think about the idea of you being in a position where you did something wrong and someone opposing you to your face, what are those things that you feel? What are those maybe even memories that come back of moments maybe where you got in trouble as a child or times at work where maybe you did something that didn't quite measure up and somebody had a conversation with you about it? Like what were those things that came to mind? What are those feelings, those emotions? I do think more times than not, we tend to see conflict as something to fear rather than something that sets us free. We see conflict as something that we fear rather than something that sets us free. And I wonder what our lives would be like if we didn't see the moments that we fall or maybe take a misstep and then when someone brings us to correction as something to be feared but rather beautiful moments that set us free to live how we were created to live again. And we're going to get more into kind of the background of of him eating with the Gentiles and the not eating with the Gentiles in the next couple of days in these verses. But I really just want to focus on this kind of confrontation and the opposing him to his, his face a little bit today and to really sit with that of why is this? Why do we get anxious when we think about confrontation? And it might be because for many of us, we haven't experienced this done well. Maybe for some people, it's because you've been in really bad situations where people have not been kind to you when they confront you, or maybe they've confronted you over things that actually weren't wrong or weren't mistakes or missteps. And so You don't really have a healthy version of this and that might be a lot of us listening, but I hope that as we listen to this today and we think about this and we think about confrontation and this idea of him imposing him, opposing him to his face, that it can give us some healthy framework for even for us of when we are in moments where we have to confront people, how we can do that with love and kindness I've recently heard it in a lot of different places. People call it carefrontation, not confrontation, carefrontation. And at first I laughed at that. i was like, that is ridiculous. That's so cheesy. But it really does put it in a good framework, right? Of saying it's a carefrontation. When we are confronting things in people that are a little bit off and are a little bit wrong and we see something better, we see a better way for them to live, a way to be free. Isn't it nice to frame it as a carefrontation? it's because we care so much for that person and for those people that we want to bring to the front and center the areas that we feel they have gotten off balance and to bring it to their attention so that they can be set free from it what does it look like for us to think of confrontation in that type of way you see paul thought that this was a big deal Because he was starting to follow the law again and not live free because he was starting to not eat with Gentiles, which the whole gospel that Paul received was this gospel of freedom, this gospel of unity, this gospel of grace. And so the things that Peter were doing really were going against this. And so he wanted to make sure that he brought it up. And I started to wonder for Peter, why did he go back to those old ways? Why did he go back to the things that he once knew? Could it have been like, that's just what he was comfortable with? I don't know. And I want to dive into that in more this week as well, but really thinking back to this idea of, are we willing to bring to the center and bring to the forefront things in our friends' lives that we see that are not gospel? And are we willing to have people in our lives continue to bring things to the front and to the center that are not gospel in our lives? I know that for me, I have um, one of my best friends that I've known for many years since I think maybe middle school or high school, Jess, she is one of those people that I know that sometimes when I'm walking through things that she has full permission and she knows it in my life to say, Abby, I hear your thought and I hear your processing, but she loves me enough and cares about me enough to say, maybe that's not Jesus in you. Maybe this is what Jesus would say. Maybe this is what Jesus would do. Maybe this is gospel. And I wonder today, do you have people in your life that, that, one, care about you enough, or two, that you have given permission to, to call you back to free the freedom in Christ when you have gone off a little bit? Because the reality is, we're looking at Peter, who was a prominent figure in the faith, who was a pillar of the faith, and he made some mistakes. He had fallen a little bit away from the true gospel and so paul was calling him back to a better way of living this was a very loving thing for paul to do to say that there is a better way for you to do this and so if peter one somebody that was a pillar of the faith is going to make mistakes you guys were going to make mistakes too and i hope this is encouraging for you if anybody else is like me and maybe you have a little um perfectionism in you it can be hard sometimes to admit that we make mistakes And not that we want to celebrate those mistakes, but to realize that just because we fall, it doesn't mean that we fail. The only way that we fail is when we don't choose to get back up again. The only way that we're going to fail is if we shut ourselves out from correction and care, frontation, and shut ourselves out from the voices of people that love us enough to bring things that aren't gospel to the center to say, hey, let's change this and let's get you back to being centered on Jesus and centered on the gospel. And so that's really what I'm thinking of today is thinking of how can I continue to humble my heart, swallow my pride, realize that failing doesn't mean falling and it's going to happen. So one, do I have enough people in my life who have permission to say, Abby, that's not gospel. Let's get you back on track. And two, am I willing and caring enough for the people around me to say, hey, that's not gospel. Let's get you back on track. And confrontation should not be something, and correction should not be something we fear, but rather something that sets us free. And so I just want you to reflect on that today. And when you think about confrontation and how it's been handled for you in the past, is it something you fear, or is it something that you see that can bring freedom? And why is that? Is it because that truly people haven't handled it well, or is it just the enemy trying to get us stuck in thinking that if we fall short, we're failing, and we're a failure, and we have failed? Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all have, we all will at different times, but it's our ability to ask for forgiveness, to seek repentance, to continue to turn and center our lives back on Jesus, then get back up over and over again. Just because you fall does not mean you fail. So continue to process that today and just ask the Holy Spirit to speak and say, what do you have for me here? Are there things that need to be confronted in my heart and my life that aren't gospel and do I need to find people that can help me process that and do that? Or are there things that I'm seeing and I'm sensing in community with people and, and how, when that happens, can I carefully, kindly, lovingly bring it to the front and bring it to the center so that they can recenter their lives too on the gospel. Let's read again, Galatians two eleven through 16. But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face for what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterwards, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy and even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. When I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the others, since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions? You and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like the Gentiles. Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law for no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law.